evening, everybody. Welcome to Heroes Asylum Movie Reviews. I'm Kane. That's Mike on the other side. Good evening, sir. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? Happy good, New good. Year. Happy New Year, yeah. Well, I, actually, I guess when everybody's going to be hearing this, it, it will be the New Year. Yeah, it'll be uh, 2022, so hopefully everybody's out there being safe and everybody had a healthy New Year and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, so we're doing this. It's a new year. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. For January, we're doing Extreme Month, and why not start out with something really extreme? In triple x well we're starting off with it because this is x game month that's the main reason x we chose this it's not just that it's extreme month we're not we're not pulling out the 80s or the 90s uh extreme all you know all the way but no it's the reason we're doing this this is the x games this month so if anybody's an x games fan make sure you guys do check those out but yeah we thought we'd do x you know x game style movies so we're so, yeah we are starting off with triple h we've got uh 19 h yeah we got 1986 uh or triple x sorry that's a triple h <laughs> um but yeah then we're going to be doing the 1986 rad movie then we're going to jump into point break the original and Thank then you. uh ending uh or actually ending with the original but uh in the middle we'll also be doing the gleaming the cube review if anybody is uh remembers that christian slater gem one of his many classics when he was first starting out. There was that one, Heather's. What was the other one he did? Anyway, we'll figure it out some other time. But um, so yeah, yeah so, so yeah, Triple H. So what we're going to do is I'm going to knock you guys out with a quick trailer, so you guys, you know, if you if you guys don't remember, here you go. Your Triple X. It must be great to go on a mission. The danger, death, destruction, mayhem. You never know when some evil freak villain's gonna hop out, not to mention the women. How long have you been a secret agent? Two days. And they probably picked you up, bumping iron in San Quentin. <laughs> you ever get punched in the face for talking too much? From the director and producer of The Fast and the Furious. Dirty, dangerous, uncivilized. I love his attitude. Comes a new breed. Of secret agent. I want all of that in here. Cool. Let's take it to the next level. Vin Diesel is Triple X. Shaken and stirred. All right, guys, there we go. So that is Triple X, and I will try to continue to say Triple X and not Triple H. <laughs> so it's the wrestler in me. So, uh, so yeah, we have uh, the uh, Triple H or Triple X. Yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this t- 2002 movie directed by – this was directed by uh, Rob Cohen and probably best known for was actually The Fast and the Furious but just before this. But most people don't re- remember uh, or don't realize he was also uh, part of uh, – if you guys remember, this is going to hit you in the uh, Gen X gut. Uh, remember The Wiz? Yeah. 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 He was, he, was, he was part of the director on that. He was also uh, for The Witches of Eastwick and yeah. also Light of Day. If you, Light uh, of Day. That's uh, – is that the uh, Michael J. Fox yep. movie? No. Yeah, Michael J. Fox and uh, Joan Jett. Joan Jett. Okay. Yeah, so you know, so he's been around a while. This was not his first movie. This was um, Fast and Furious, and then Triple X were like back to back. 
So that was there, like his work, you know, work with um, Vin Diesel. But yeah, no, he's been around a while. So uh, definitely somebody that's had his foot, you know, in the business. Uh, I think he actually started off with, uh, if you guys really want to go back, um, with The Sting, 1973. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, with, um, it's with, with yeah, Newman and Redford. Yeah. And Sorry, I was, I was trying to go back to I'm trying to think back to it. Just took a Secretary Pierce, that's what I always say. But uh, so you know you have you have him doing this um, now uh, for his, the very first choice that they had for Vin Diesel for Triple X was not Vin actually. This will be interesting for you. It was originally Eric Bana. Really was who they yeah they originally wanted to um, and he turned it down. Actually, they offered it to him. They're like, no, we want you to be in this. He turned it down to do uh, 2002's uh, The Nugget. Yeah, I never heard of that film. Yeah, me either. I was like, the what? <laughs> the Nugget. <laughs> What? Uh, and then, of course, uh, for the main baddie, you had uh, Yorgi. And the original cat, the casting, they originally offered it to, which I don't know how I would take it. Like, I, I love the actor, and I think he could pull off a douchebag because he has already. Uh, but Ewan McGregor. I mean, we've seen how he was with Black Mask. I mean, you may not hate like his version of Black Mask. He was a good villain in that. And I could kind of see him pulling that kind of similar style i don't know here. like the villain we got in this film was very was very over the top and cheesy i don't know i mean but again it's the actor again, you guys yeah, think it's not just how they write but also how does the actor like put, you know, present that you know mm, well the way he did it in black mass is well, i guess he could do it i mean it would be a different approach because you know the guy that we got i mean i, I got his name right here i can't really pronounce uh, it asia out. no no that's not asia sorry a- that's not uh what is it uh maron koskas yeah, Moron Koskis, Koskiskas. Yeah, that's his name. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he could probably pull it off, but I just can't see anybody else but Marlon putting it off because he just had the right amount of cheese and right amount of yeah flavor that you needed. Yeah. So the rest of this again, we have Vin Diesel. We also have uh, William Hope, who is on this. We also have Samuel L. Jackson. So this is a a meeting of the pre MCU guys because you know we have Groot and Nick Fury. Meeting up and here. Look at it. He basically plays like a Nick Fury type character, and with the same scars on the same side of the, the face. Same scars, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not really a stretch for Samuel no. to play Justice Gibbons. Well, actually, it's the other way around because really, this came out first. So. Oh, so he ba- so basically, he maybe he based Fury off Augustus. No, maybe this is where they actually got that for the, the idea uh, for the the idea for you know Fury for uh, Samuel Jackson kicking into um, taking over for the Ultimate. You know, Marvel. I mean, that's where he came from. Yeah. Uh, you also have a little uh, little cameo with uh, Danny Trejo, who I think is, does an amazing job in this. Uh, Asia Argentino, who plays uh, Yolanda, who's uh, Yorgi's apparent girlfriend. Doesn't she, doesn't she look like a little bit like a Rachel Weiss? Because I thought this was, it was Rachel Weiss when I first saw this film. Moment. Look- yeah. Yeah. Especially at <laughs> that, that time. Yeah. When you think of the time that 2002, then this mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. Definitely has uh, some characteristics there. Very much so. And a long cast. And, of course, we start off at the beginning. Uh, you well, going to see, but where I think probably the very first time we, um, you're going to hear or see live uh, Ramstein. Uh, this is pre their live shows, I think, that anything that came over to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. That was like the, one of the first times you actually see them on, like you just said, on screen. Because I've, I've heard of their music for years. And then they, they actually get to see them in the film, which is kind of dope. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that scene when you see them. It's... I mean, I'm sure it's in the plot synopsis in there, but uh, 
really cool seeing them. And of course, they've gone to very illustrious yeah. career. If you don't know them, uh, check them out. Rammstein, awesome. Duhast. So. so basically, the movie starts off where like, we're seeing Anarchy 99, this Russian terrorist group. Um, they're trying to acquire a, a, bio, a biochemical weapon, which is like completely like two different sides of it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say I love the name of the biological weapon. Silent Night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so. It's, if that doesn't tell you how much this just would be so cheesy, just yeah. come on. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it uh, earlier today, and I was like, "Wow!" It's one of. The, I think oh. it's one of those things we talk about a lot. It's like it's not good. Oh no! But remember how I always tell you, like you got to suspend your disbelief. Like in this movie, you really have to suspend your disbelief. <laughs> you're not in your head that yeah. you're like, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Silent Night presumed to be missing since the fall of the Soviet Union. Of course, you know we're talking 2002 post you know the fall of the soviet union and uh so anarchy 99 easily discovers and kills an undercover agent sent by the american national security agency the nsa now if you take a look at the actor that played this role very bond-esque i mean you can Mm -hmm. automatically this is i mean they're not even playing around with it they're like they're dialing in saying no we're killing off bond we're we're, like they're trying to yeah (laughs) that is basically what they're saying is like no we're we're the new bond hey we're gonna kill off bond so you kind of get that like, like that that symbolism right off the bat. Oh yeah, basically, and then like you always said, it's like killing off that the character to introduce. Hey, guess what? This is our version of Bond. He's like, yeah. hey, hip. He's cool. He's extreme. Yeah, yeah. We're we're at post nineties when everything was extreme, and now basically the extreme. And I think you know, really, I know the X Games didn't start, and at this time it was started earlier. But I uh, think this became more you know, socially acceptable or, or more in the pop lexicon. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah. if you watch a lot of the stuff in the 90s and like the early 2000s, there's a lot of like extreme moments. Um, what's the Oh, uh, Harold and Kumar with the with the extreme guys. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Those guys were hysterical. But they're just they're just characters of what a group of people were back then, you know, because they wanted it that they always wanted that adrenaline rush. We still have them now, but they're they're into a whole nother realm <laughs> yeah it's it's w- way different it's beyond the x games now it's like something else it could be you we could call it like triple h if you'd like to yeah <laughs> triple h games uh but the uh the nsa uh agent augusta gibson samuel L. jackson suggests sending someone to who basically lacks ties to the u.s government because he's saying that these guys are, are are picking up their agents because well they look like agents mm-hmm so, uh, so they like, well, maybe we go, you know, dig into different areas, and they he throws up a you know a, a spread, you know, a big bunch of pictures, just like you would in any you know, um, you know, uh, what is it, uh, a war room or anything? You have all these you know screens up, and they're throwing up different, different pictures of all these you know rough and gruff looking guys. Did you notice one of the agents in that room? No. Thomas Ian Griffin. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is Mr. Terry Silver, if you guys are watching. Cobra Guy Season 4 is out. And um, yeah, he's in there. He's uh, one of the agents in the room. So I thought that was kind of... I was really, I was just remembering it. And plus, I looked at the cast list and he's on there. Yeah. Very cool. Very, yeah, I haven't got a chance to watch uh, watch Cobra Kai yet. I think I'm going to do, do it. Do it. I'm going to do it on my, on my weekend. Yeah. Sorry, some of us have had to work this week. and uh, you know. Hey, I had PTO time. Don't be jealous. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm come, on, saying. come on now. Come on now. Uh, so, but one of the people they that they find is Vin Diesel's character, uh, and, and basically uh, he is Xander Triple X Cage. He's an extreme sports professional, um, and by uh, he uh, he he's known for the FBI for he hosts acts of protest. 
And uh, one of the acts of protest that we see him take uh, do is he actually steals a car from what was it? What was the reason? I'm trying to remember now. It was it was like an animal. Was it an animal rights activism or something? And he was in charge of it of killing the animals. Yeah, they, well, no, it wasn't. I don't it was, think it was. I don't think it was that uh, that over the top. No, but it was something to do like this governor or, or no the senator was was trying to pass something so he just jumps in and steals the guy's corvette and does a little video shoot from there now it's funny as vin diesel's performed almost all of his stunts through this whole thing however during uh, the dvd commentary vin was saying that he was sick on the uh the day for the corvette base jump so they actually had to get a pro uh tim rigby to perform the stunts and he was wearing a vin diesel mask like they made a prosthetic mask, you know, basically gave him ball head and Jesus. And that that's not the only time it's happened. It's happened a few other times in the movie. Oh my god. So we see like the most I think probably the I think it's more than the most iconic scene from this movie is him, you know, jumping off, base jumping basically, you're off you off the uh, Corvette as the Corvette falls to the ground. Yeah, that's a pretty cool scene, especially when he goes over the edge. That's now funny. one of the guys that picks him up as after as he's landing on the ground and they're like gathering up all of his gear, there's there's actually another uh, famous uh, athlete in there. If you, if you oh. look if you look at the if you look at the actors, it's Tommy Tommy Hawk. Uh, T- Tony Hawk, right? Yeah, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk's yeah. in there. Yeah. Tony Hawk. God, I remember playing. I, I played the Tony Hawk's race boarding game for PlayStation. That game was addicting. Addicting. Yeah, that yeah, there was a series of games. Where I couldn't tell you how many of my friends are. that's that's all they oh played. I was like, oh, you got. Oh, play. that's all I played too. That uh, game was. It's like you play anything know, else, or like, oh no, no, just just Tony Hawk. I'm like, eh, okay, that's a whole bunch more. He made so much money off that too. Ridiculous at how much money that, that title made, and I heard he's gonna bring it back. But like I said, let's get back to. It. <laughs> so uh, so Gibson's team takes uh, Cage in custody, and uh, who uh, he decides to pass a couple of field tests. The uh, the first one is, is they take him into this diner and try to run him through this you know field test of you know yeah they they drug him up and he wakes up in the diner and he's just like too many too many variables he's like oh I already knew this was a setup because this guy's reading the paper and it's Sunday he's reading the uh, the finances and uh, my mom was a waitress and you know she worked yeah in, yeah it's like exactly this, she's like the mom the, what was it, the waitress was wearing the high heels like yeah. my mother was for like you know fifteen years and she could never wear high heels like that for twelve hour days and like. Okay, I know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to make him seem not like a knucklehead, yeah, which is kind of cool. I mean, I, I dug it. It's a cool little scene. And then, uh, so they he passes that. Then he, they wake up. Uh, he wakes up on a uh, on a, a cargo plane with a bunch of other guys, and a few of them just like you know spitting images of him, which kind of tells you how the how that community <laughs> was. I wonder how that job went for the extras. Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, – and basically they drop them out into a Colombian cartel's plantation and they run into this – this is where we run into see uh, Danny Trejo show up wielding a machete like he does in everything. Everything from Spy Kids to, well, Machete, the movie. <laughs> we'll do that one of these days, guys. Trust me. I'll you know, I've never watched Machete. I'm, I like Trejo, but I just – I don't know. I think I was, I was just burnt out by, with Robert Rodriguez. For a while, like there, there were so many Robert and Quentin kind of style movies just coming out, and I was just like, I'm just over, over that. That was their movies were fun because they were fresh, you know. When Pulp Fiction came out, when Dusk of Dawn came out, when you know, um, 
the El Mariachi came out. They were just all fresh in their style. I just yeah. think that it just got saturated with that style of movies. Once they hit Once Upon a Time in Mexico, I think that was kind of like the peak. And then after yeah. that was, like you just said, everything was kind of like the same old, same old. Even in the Spy Kids movies, you could see like, okay, I know where this is going. Well, I mean, I love the Spy Kids movies. I loved, I loved, I still love anything that, like, I love what Robert does. Like, he just did the uh, recent uh, Book of Boba. Of, yeah, he was, was the first episode. Really and good. Really good. Really good job. Really you know, I job. thought, and it's like I said, I love his work as far as directing goes and what he, you know, what he brings. And I like his original stuff. I just, like I said, I think that that time frame it just got just oversaturated with that style. That's why I had issues with, um, and I'm I'm not upset that it got canceled, but Cowboy Bebop, because Cowboy Bebop just felt like another regurgitation of those those style of movies and that genre. And Cowboy Bebop was fun at the time because when it came out, those things were were popular, and it was cool to see that being done in a sci-fi anime genre. Mm-hmm. But when they turned around and dropped it into the live, I was like, yeah, that's a little too close to home. That's they're they've now become what they were influenced by, really. Yeah, and it's like you should do the films that you know not the not the film you were influenced by, but what what influenced those films, and they just didn't do that. It's I mean the actors were fine in that series. I don't blame them. It's just the whole thing, like the way it was done. It just exactly like you said. It's very, very it's very it's time, like very one one of those Robert Rodriguez films. It's yeah. it's a part of a time, and that's that's basically what it was. And I, like ten years ago to go would have probably been great, but. Yeah, now, if, yeah. If they if they would have done like a you know a cowboy bebop show sooner, I think it would have been fun. But it's a little, a little too far gone. Uh, but during the action scene at the cartel, uh, we uh, Vin and his stunt drivers, uh, they were there uh, wearing these like bulky helmets, and those so they were safe because you had to follow insurance protocols and all that garbage on set. So they were wearing these big bulky helmets, and this is again another area where they digitized Vin's head. On on him and the stunt driver, so when you're looking at him driving, that's not him. That's his. And, and and at the time, that's a big step when you think about it. You know, from back then, and when you watch the movie, you can't tell. At well, all, it's almost like it's almost like a prelude to the deep fakes that we get now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, that's like, that's kind of yeah. where the, all the deep fake stuff is coming. It's just now, yeah. it's easier to do deep fake because well, the computers can handle it now. Beforehand, you had to have a, a you know a, a, a you know a, a limit you know, a Lucas Limited, you know ILM studio to be. No, to do you something. don't. You you could do that. Like I guess there's some kind of program or something. You just not in there and just do it. But oh yeah, no, yeah. There's oh that's one of the programs is called Deep Fake. So that's what they're that's what they've been. Is, that, is it called a Deep Fake? Yeah, program? The, yeah, the, yeah. The one that they're like everybody's using now is is the one that's called Deep Fake. But uh, so uh, so Cage, you know, reluctantly finally accepts the job after Gibson says he, that he's uh. He's his only option other than, you know, this is to go to prison. So he decides to to go with him and, and follow through. Uh, so then Cage meets up with the NSA team in Prague, uh, which includes the uh, the Czech agent, Milan Sova, who uh, has also um, been tasked with supervising it and, uh, if necessary, deporting cage if he uh if he decides not okay. to follow through uh we get introduced to their queue you know i mean they they yeah. literally just like they're gonna they just ripped everything off a of bond it's it's one yeah, of those they, they didn't hide it neither it's like hey man it's like straight up like okay like bond is dead this is like the new bond okay all right i get it 
it's cool. It worked out. He was a little nerdy in the way he was bossing him around. Hey, you know what? Uh, I need something that's really fast. <laughs> well, that and the, and the gadgets. He was showing him the the, uh, the Band-Aid patch that you know had like a, a charge in it. Also, the binoculars that could see through things. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, we're good. I, I can make it through this. Uh, Cage uh, ident- identifies Sova as a police officer when they go into Yori's club. Now, Yori's club in the in the opening sequence where where we see Ramstein playing uh, was actually an abandoned uh, church in north of Prague, and then the club l- later on where we see Orbital, which is the which is the DJs, that's actually per- is an actually a high voltage electrical testing facility that's outside he- of Prague. Damn. So yeah, all this was filmed on site in Prague, but yeah, these were when we're seeing the bands, that's that's where they're at. So Cage identifies Sova as a police officer to Anarchy's leader, Yorkie, uh, earning his favor with the group, which uh, in, basically enhances, you know, when uh, Yorkie's brother realizes who Cage is. He's like, he's a big, you know, triple X fan. Yeah. He's like, hey, I know you. Hey, what's going on? And they start doing like Russian, like what is the Russian vodka doing shots and Having also chicanery. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Cage asks Yorgi, Yorgi about uh, purchasing a high-end sports cars. Uh, Yelena, Yorgi's girlfriend. I'm putting up quotes because you, you never are sure. Um, and her and his lieutenant g- gives Cage an account number. And after arguing about price, uh, we already you already are seeing the, the 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 signs of things to come when we you know see her and her, her and Cage kind of you know okay. bantering back and forth. Mm-hmm. Which leads to. Yeah, Gibson calls Cage about the changes in the plan, but uh, is impressed when Cage gives them the information provided by the uh, Starstruck Cola, basically. So uh, Yuri's brother mm. kind of gives up some of the some information to him. Impressed by his work, Gibson sends a tech specialist, uh, Agent Toby. Okay, I thought I thought Toby was earlier than that, and he's the uh, one that provides him no. with all the special the special revolver, binoculars. Oh, wait, can, you're right. I thought he was earlier. I don't know for some reason. Yeah, what this this synopsis I'm reading doesn't. I think the synopsis right. is wrong because doesn't he meet him once he lands in? Okay. I thought he did before he walked in there, but uh, so as Cage uh, attends uh, the car deal uh, he made with Jurgi, Sova attempts to intercept using a the trick revolver and special effects, and of course Cage fakes fake kills. Sova, and that gives you know even Yorgi even more trust and asks Cage to join the Anarchy ninety nine. They make a quote about a song that that's how they kind of link up, you know, and kind of feel brotherly. Uh, it was an old Vandal song called I think it was called um, Anarchy Burgers. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you guys check that, it's a, <laughs> it's like it's old school punk. Yeah, I'm trying to look for the quotes not even on here. Uh... Well, no, it's about freedom. No, it's called. Yeah. yeah, it's about freedom. You know, if if it was free, I could walk into a, walk into a red a restaurant and piss in the on the cheese, something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the the quote that there. But yeah, that's from a, a, the Vandals uh, song. That's 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 deep sweat punk man. That's like back in the day. Yeah, Vandals. yeah that's. I used to be a big punker back. Like Vandals. Now, uh, Yorgi brings Cage back to the castle for for a dance party. Of course, man, this is straight freaking nineties and early two thousands. Just like obnoxious, over the top. Like you would never see this in real life. Kind of dance yeah, party. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, all right, guys. <laughs> and like I said, just suspend your disbelief just a little bit for this film. That's what you got to do. Especially that weird old castle that he goes into by the, by the snow hills. Like, what the hell? All right. So uh, Cage, while searching for the uh, for the bioweapon, catches Yolano investigating Yorgi's secret safe. Uh, he takes her to a nearby restaurant, discusses matters, revealing his true identity. Uh, in the meantime, Sova 
figures out, you know, who he is and, you know, basically calls, you know, uh, Yolanda and said, hey, get him to walk outside. I'm going to put a put a bullet between his head. And she kind of like finally breaks down. She said, no, we're going to we're going to have to get out of here. So um, while the pair are watching uh, Krill, who is in love with y- Yolanda, uh, he warns her about what's going on. And so what her, what her and Cage do is they stage a fight. And mm-hmm. that at that moment, the NSA suddenly appear, capture Cage, and Yolanda is taken back to the Anarchy 99 group. When Cage is with Gibson, they're talking about it, and they're like, he's like, I'm going to send you back to America. Your cover's blown. Special forces are planning, planning to do a full-blown siege on the castle. Cage refuses, fearing for Yolanda's life. He even like talks, tells him, he's like, hey, yo, she, she is an actual undercover agent now. We know that. And, you know, and of course... In typical, this is what I think I was telling you about. I was texting you as I was watching. I was like, man, this has got such, so many of the bad tropes in there. Like the female love interest, obviously, of course, she's not the really bad guy. She's a double agent. and Of course, that's that's total 90s or total like, you know, spy genre films. Jay, that's uh, this is 2002, on. so I'm going to count it as the 90s because it like it's writing style and everything was based in from the 90s. You know, when these when movies are being written, they're usually five years uh, you know behind. So, you know, this is probably written, you know, 97, 98, you know, when, I mean, if you remember back then how, how everything was a little bit darker in the music and the, and the, you know, the, the clothing, everything, music, yeah. comics, everything was, everything was dark and gritty. Everything had to be gritty and dark. I'm like, okay. Yeah. If, if you're here and didn't, wasn't wearing leather pants, nobody wanted to see it. <laughs> nobody wanted to see it. He was wearing like a spandex or, you know, yellow and pink. Then, nah, you got to wear black or dark gray. Or navy, <laughs> everything was so dark. <laughs> I think a lot of characters in comics the ones are like their dark stage too. That'd be well, so I'm not even talking comics. I'm just talking in general. You look at TV. Oh yeah, movies, everything. I'm, yeah, talking, yeah. I'm, I'm talking comics, general movies, uh, music. Um, '97 was like I remember one of the best years. We'll talk about it some other time. But there's like some really good albums that came out that year that from bands that were very poppy. And they decided to go like in a darker direction. Again, leather pants on every single one of them. You look up their <laughs> albums. You look up their album covers and and, and their pictures at that time. Leather pants, every single pants. one of them. And, and and their pictures are always scratchy looking. Yes, yes, they had like this distorted look. They look like you know the photograph had fucked up somehow. Like, yeah. Oh, what yeah. that? <laughs> See, you know, you look uh, like I, a nineties as well, man. I, I do. I lived through it just like you did. Yeah, yeah, you probably like knee deep in that. You're in the music industry, so you probably you probably wore some leather pants. Don't lie. So C- Cage <laughs> refuses, uh, uh, fearing for Yolanda's life, and uh, so he proposes uh, that uh, you know to you know, have Sovo you know purposely blow his cover. Uh, Cage sneaks into Yurgi's castle, follows him into the secret underground lab. Of course, there's a secret underground lab. Or Cage so- overhears Yorgi's plan to launch Silent Night from a waterborne drone named Ahab. Cool idea, cool concept, but really, you're gonna <laughs> launch a pod from a boat? <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, that one. That one. That's one. That's when it kind of was like, really. I, I mean, I was on board when I first watched this. I remember watching it for the first time. I was like, man. And at that time, I was all involved in, like you were saying, you know, I, I was involved in kind of the music side of business at that time, and so I was, I enjoyed this stuff you know because this was all like we were into and um but yeah when they're like oh yeah we're gonna take this boat and drive it into i was like really you're gonna take a boat and drive it into Prague? you you, you can't do a you're supposed to be like Antar- you know anarchy 99 ex-soviet military you don't have a a, a bundle plane 
<laughs> I just, to me, it just seems too plotting. You're like, okay, we're going to give them enough time. We're going to throw it in the boat and everybody's going to see this thing go. How many, how many roads and bridges did that thing cross? Uh, you know, like four or five. And they literally could see the little boat with, <laughs> yeah, with the like, silent. I'm like, dude, you know, you could just, if there's a sniper out there, shoot it. Yeah. I was just like, I don't. That's when I like, uh, well, like I said, when I first originally watched this, that's, that's when I was starting to lose myself. I was like, uh, nope, nope, not, I can't do it. Uh, so they're going to go ahead and do that. So Cage flees to the area after uh, killing Koya uh, at his hideout. He finds Sova waiting for him, uh, and uh, now he's in Yorgi's employ. So oh. before uh, Sova can kill Cage, Yolanda saves him and reveals to herself an undercover Russian Federal Security Service agent. Ooh. who uh, was basically abandoned by her, her handler. She says she's been locked into this this life for about a decade you know, because it was about 10 years since Russia had collapsed. So she was she's like, I lost contact with everybody. So I didn't know how to get out or, or what to do. So I just stayed in as this person. Mm. So uh, Cage uh, relays uh, Yorgi's plan to the NSA in return for Yolanda's asylum. Against orders, Cage gives his... Uh, Gives his car to Shavers, the uh, the Q character. What is called Q? Yeah, and he says, "Hey, I need you to load it up with weaponry. Just take it, put it in your in your thing, and magically he's got all this stuff ready to go." Again, suspend your disbelief. Yeah. You want. So, a uh, cage of uh, paratroops from a plane onto a snowboard on a snowy region near the uh, Anarchy Triple H's communication tower. Doesn't he blow that, that tower up somehow? I think, or no, he doesn't blow the tower. Up. Uh, he starts a uh, an avalanche. No, he's yeah, he starts an avalanche that destroys the tower. So Here he doesn't go. blow it up. He starts an av- avalanche, <laughs> and uh, very similar to what was the what was the Jabon movie that we watched where they uh, where he was snowboarding or he was no uh ooh man uh we, we did it for we did it for um feudal no, was it feudal kill no wasn't feudal kill video kill video kill video kill yeah was it. Yeah, it was video okay. kill. That, that was the, that was the ridiculous one. You kept talking about like, dude, there's some stuff that James Bond does in this film that yeah. don't make any sense at all. <laughs> so, so the tower is destroyed by the avalanche. Uh, but, uh, uh, but it's um, he starts the avalanche, uh, and Yorkie captures him, and he he already knew about Yolanda's identity, and he's been kind of like, you know, leading her around. As yeah. Yorgi prepares to kill them, a special forces attacks. Cage and Yolanda free their restraints. Uh, but Yorgi launches Ahab before Cage kills him. So right now, main villain's dead. Done. It, this is where it kind of took a little weird turn because usually it's like, okay, I have to stop the bad bomb, then mm. go after the bad guy. Now this one's like, now nah, I'm going to kill the dude right now. Yeah, the villain's already dead. Yeah, the villain's I, already dead. Now he has to like work to go and find Ahab. Uh, so the Czech military prepares to destroy Ahab with airstrikes. Now, production asks the Czech Air Force... For a loan of just two jets. They're like, hey, listen, man, we just need two jets from you. That's all. And uh, oh, and they were uh, told that, uh, uh, no, you can have an entire fleet. All that was required was a payment as a uh, as of a, like a $50,000 donation to a pilot's hospital. So they didn't even pay the, the government. They, they're like, you can have a fleet for this time frame, but you, you have to... You got to donate money to a, to a kid's $50, hospital? $50,000 donation to a pilot's hospital. Not a kid's hospital, a pilot's hospital. A pilot's for, hospital. For pos- have, you ever heard of, have you ever heard of that? A pilot's hospital? I mean, I've, heard, mean, of I've heard of military hospitals, so I don't so know. Maybe I, that's what they're, a pilot's hospital? Like, like, maybe, what, in, maybe in Czech Republic they have that kind of stuff. I don't know. 
And also, the other thing that they were responsible for was to buy beer for all the soldiers involved. Fifty thousand dollars and beer for every soldier that beer was involved. Everybody. <laughs> what, what? What? Are these guys Spanish? What's, I mean, what's, <laughs> like seriously, that's a Spanish thing. What screams sorry. check more than ah? You'll give money to a hospital. Buy beer for everybody. I mean, buy beer for that. Yay! Why don't, hey. I don't know why they just say just buy a case of vodka for everybody. We'll call it even. I mean, be, what beer? You guys drink vodka. <laughs> Uh, I mean, unless they didn't want to be too stereotypical and, and pull the vodka out, but yeah, that was uh, for- you know I for, I forgot about that note, and that is that's I'm sorry, like I was just saying before, that's very I come from a Spanish background, that's very Spanish, that's very Spanish. Hey, you know what? You just fixed my car. Well, hey, how much you want? No, man, just give me a twelve pack. We're good. Okay, cool. That's no, no, that's poor people. That's that's not that's I'm sorry. Hey, now that's the, the uh, I, I I grew up white. All right. And uh, and and beer and beer payments was fair for everything. All right, so that's got nothing to do with race, nothing well, to do sorry, with culture. Like, <laughs> okay, you so you guys had it too. All right. I oh yeah, yeah. I okay, hey, especially moving. You help people move. Beer and beer and some pizza. Beer, beer, beer. That's right. When I helped, uh, what's your name? I got beer, pizza. So yeah, so it's always there. So uh, so yeah, they they call in an airstrike and through this we'll uh, release some biological agent uh cage and yolana take the new car that has magically been uh, uh modified by agent schaefer so quickly it only took him like you know 20 minutes yeah not long at all <laughs> so not, they, fucking, not days not weeks yep, just it's ready to go hey i, I need this this or this is, okay i got you so uh they're racing along the river to catch up to ahab uh cage like they, they're going through everything. He's trying to figure out how to work a car. Now, uh, this is the one thing I'll give them. He wasn't, he wasn't a Bond Mary Sue. You know how they talk about Mary Sue's being somebody that like instantly know what to do. He's sat yeah. in this car and he's flipping switches. He doesn't know what the hell to do. She's got a which is the only realistic moment of yeah. this movie. That's it. Like when well, literally when he's in, it's like well, uh, click 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 click. Yeah, like, she's okay. got the, she's got the instruction manual in handwriting. Like he handed her the book and it's in you know, handwriting and she's and she's complaining about his handwriting. I can't read what he's saying. So uh-huh. she you know, launches, you know, instead of like the I think instead of like a missile, she like sets off something else. It's just a whole bunch of like misfires on things going on, which I thought was fun. Finally she's like, Oh wait, hold on, we got a bunch of weapons behind us and of course the back seat flips down and bam. There's a man sized man sized harpoon going after something called Ahab. So I don't Ahab. know. I don't Gee, know if somebody was this- Somebody's yeah, a Moby Dick fan or not. Somebody is a huge, yeah, like you just said. Like, come on now. Like, really? So <laughs> so he harpoons the drone and crosses over it. And, uh, and as he's going across, he parasails. Now, there was a death, unfortunately, on the filming of this movie. The stunt oh. player, uh, Harry O'Connor, was killed when he hit a pillar of the uh, Palakka Bridge in Prague. And this is during the parasailing during one of the action scenes. This is the only action scene I know of where they're par- parasailing around anything. Um, the accident occurred while filming in the second take. So they had one take done and they're like, hey, we're going to go back in for another one, get some different camera angles. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, O'Connell's first attempt was completed without incident, but you know, the second one he was killed. They kept his first stunt. So I when remember. you're watching Finn coming in and everything, oh, that's wow. yeah, that's the original, that's the original stunt guy Harry O'Connor, who was doing it and died, you know, from the from the stunt. Very rarely do they do that. Usually, if like the stuntman dies, like they're like, uh, kind of feel weird about like leaving that in. Yeah, they they take that footage out, man. Like, but yeah, no, they they kept it in. I mean, because I guess this first one was done well and it you know worked great. I honestly, I gotta tell you, there was a couple of shots on that uh on that stunt that I think that they left in. 
some other stuff because there was one that I'm literally looking at. And I'm like, he's not going to make that. Like he, like the angle and everything just didn't look right. I was like, you can't make that. So, uh, but then uh, after that, uh, they uh, they're able to get a hold of the Ahab, deactivate it. Uh, Cage uh, takes, uh, I guess he takes two of them or one of the missiles, turns it around because basically the only way to deactivate the uh, Silent Night is it has to be submerged underwater and that'll like overheat. And so he flips it around, aims it down, and of course, you know, Cage does his his uh, his catchphrase, something like "You've been Xandered" or something like that, or I forget what it was. <laughs> It was it was a horrible catchphrase. Xandered. Wow, that's an even worse. I don't even think I don't think that was the right one. I think I just can't I remember was, it. But the only thing I remember is like I live for this shit. That, that's oh the yeah, that I was the other. Oh, that, that was the beginning. Remember that one? Yeah. They going out of the plane. I live for this. Woo! I'm like this is. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, we see Cage and Lana recovered, uh, and Gibson uh, follows through on his promise to Cage and Lana. Uh, sends him over to Bora Bora to be relaxing. And actually, this was shot in Bora Bora. Like, a lot of these things... I mean, I was surprised a lot of these scenes were shot on site. And, of course, Gibson contacts Gage at the end, saying, offering him another mission. And, of course, Gage ignores, you know, because he's got booty to... Yeah, he's got booty to please. He's got booty to be had. That's right. you laying a booty. So this one came out, like I said, it came, with the, uh, came out 2002, August. Uh, budget for it was $88.3 million, and it made uh, 277.4. So, uh, well. So it, it was profitable. Yeah. Made profit. So. I mean, well enough to, you know, of course, have two follow-up sequels. The first one being State of the Union. Which, which is, dude. What happened? I, it is, look, at that movie is bad. I admit, but there's some moments in that movie that it's really cool. I mean, especially like towards the end where the uh, the president, he's, and I think he's talking to Ice Cube. He's like, the president just quote fucking uh, Tupac? <laughs> what are you doing the line? <laughs> oh, oh, I do remember that. Yeah. That? I, do. <laughs> I mean, like, I oh, dug the idea that Triple X could be constantly anybody. anybody. You know, that was, you know, and they, they could do that with other movies like that, you know, with, you know, with action. They can kind of swap them out and it could be anybody. You don't have to be one person but i don't think it performed as well because i think you know really vin was riding on a major high and anything to do with triple x had to be vin i mean you got to yeah. realize he's you know between this and fast and the furious you know those are his bread and butter you know extreme you know movies and he came back for the third film too, yeah, which Return, actually, which I remember Return, seeing in the theaters because yeah, Return of Return to Xander Cage, Cage which that one was, I had issues with because that one was like, ooh, there's some shit in that movie that again you got to you talk about disbelief yeah. for this film. Watch the Return of Xander Cage. Yeah. There's some stuff going on there, like whoa. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what on, the hell? Man. I remember the girl I was seeing at the time. We went and I was just like, I kept shaking my head, shaking my head, and she's like, it's okay, it's okay. just just let it go. I think there was like a bomb on the bottom of the car and it had to flip over at like a certain time. I think that's when I like. Was, yeah. What? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> but okay. again, these are the these are the great popcorn movies. But again, this is a very, very, very heavily influenced by the 90s. And so there was a lot of the, the extreme sports and just over the top stuff. I think they like I think they had the perfect feeling for it with the fast and the furious is like you get that extreme sports going on but you also have the car and i think it was a better mix than just being straight up extreme sports yeah i agree, I agree. but yeah. like you said it was entertaining yeah 
I mean, if you if you paid eleven bucks or fifteen, whatever, wherever you're at in the world, I mean, you were entertained. I mean, is it ridiculous? Yes, but like you said, when you watch these films, you got to suspend your disbelief just a little bit. And um, but it was fun. It's a, it's a fun film. We always, we always talk about here films that are fun where you entertain, where you bored. I, I, definitely, when you watch this film, you're not going to be bored. No, no, there's a lot of stuff going yeah. on. I mean, it's it's really quick and it's it's pacing is fast. But I, I mean, the villain is over the top and cheesy, which you know me, you know me for a while. I love cheesy villains. I think they're just fun, especially a villain like this. I mean, he 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 suit his the actor did the role that was just commanded for, and that's why it does it. I dig it. I mean, if I had to give a rating, uh, like story-wise, I'm gonna give it three out of five straight jackets because it's fun. Like the story, like the the plot, dude. It's it's stupid. It is. It's you know by the letters or by the numbers. They go paint by the numbers. But I dig it. It's it's fun. It's it's an escapism movie. So it's 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 a rewatchable. Like I said, suspend. Yeah, that it's your it's your standard popcorn movie. So, so yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is it that we have for the Triple X. Said it this time. It's not yeah, the, not it's Triple not H. The game. It's all about the game. So make sure you guys do check us out. We're, for the rest of the month, we are going to be doing uh, X Games. And uh, anything else, man, you got? Oh, well, since you're on the subject, uh, check out Baptism of Thrones. All the episodes are out there, kids. That is basically me and Melissa's review of the Game of Thrones for the first-time watchers. We watched it, had a fun time. So all the episodes are on up on Spotify and iTunes, and we will be back February for House of Dragons. That'll be fun. And uh, check out our Facebook page. And uh, from Mike to me to you, get to the asylum. Bye-bye, kids.